Gino, why is her name still Alba Fire? I thought when Triple H showed up, he was supposed to fix all the dumb names. Alba Fire is a terrible name. It is still a terrible name, but at least she's still here, and hopefully we will get her better name. But right now, Alba Fire, at least she has two names. It's not just Fire with the weird Y. We at least have Alba Fire, two names. That's perfectly fine for right now. I thought Kaylee Ray was awesome. Three names. Why did we get what happened there? Why did we have to switch that at all? I don't know why we had to switch that. We wanted to have a new character to be a part of this whole breakout tournament. Not, actually, she was part of breakout tournament. So a whole new character to be a part of the NXT 2.0. But now it's a whole year past, and we're going to see where NXT goes now. Because I did send you something very special that they did at the end of the show for this one-year anniversary. Yeah, so I was curious because this is the one-year anniversary of what? Has it been one year of NXT 2.0 already? I didn't realize that that much time had, had, had passed us already. It seems like we're still figuring out what we're doing with this NXT 2.0 gimmick, but uh, apparently you're saying it's still around. I would have never believed that. So you sent me some stuff regarding NXT 2.0. A lot has been happening. I know that we're all still wondering the young bucks might've contacted WWE uh, for who knows how real that story is. There's all kinds of things that have been, that, that have been cooking regarding the the, uh, the internet wrestling community, as, as we like to call them. Uh, so NXT, you sent me this. NXT constantly evolving. Um, do I need to preface this, Gino? Why don't you just let me know what this means? This is just a new evolution to NXT. We finally have one year of NXT 2.0. We're going to see where this goes to the future. I'm very excited. All right, well, first it's going to go to an advertisement, and then we'll see where it goes after the advertisement. NXT has been and always will be about developing the superstars of tomorrow. But we will always right. reflect and acknowledge the past. NXT is constantly evolving. Shawn Michaels' voice. On the future. Body slams. Stars develop and move on. But our message to our passionate fans will never change. We are NXT. So what is that? That was fun. That was a cool way to end the show. Are are, are they are people thinking they're going to change the logo back to black and gold? People are already, they're getting rid of this colorful stuff. Is that what people are anticipating? Yes, that we're going to have that as white and gold, like a back black drop. So at least we could have a slowly getting to fully black and gold and no longer 2.0. It's just NXT. So who knows what they're going to do with Europe. It's going to be NXT Europe or something brand new name for that. But we have truly NXT right now. No longer 2.0. Is it NXT 2.1? Is it, uh, yeah, is that confirmed or is that just the rumor? I know that's a hot, a lot of times it's just a hot rumor people want to throw out there as a fact. Are you telling me this is confirmed or is this just Gino knows? Gino's hoping that we get people to use songs that they don't use anymore just for Gino's sake. I'm just hopeful for it, especially with, again, that whole little ending of the show just being like, here we go, 2.0 is gone, it's just NXT. Hopefully that's what it's going to be like. But what sucks is the main event tonight. It upset me, and I'll talk about it in a moment. But that the main event sucked. Why are you waiting a moment? Just tell me now. Okay, since, again, I didn't want to spoil it, but I'll spoil it here. Our guy, the best guy, the best future athlete, the best North American champ, the A-champion. Don't say Carmelo Hayes. I don't Carmelo think Carmelo Hayes lost to Solo Sokoa, and now Solo Sokoa is the North American champion. I, but I don't think Carmelo Hayes is that great. Like you've said this a lot. Like he's the A champ. He's definitely one of the main reasons I stopped watching NXT. There wasn't anything fun about him and Trick Daddy or Trick Williams or whatever that guy's name was. Like they were just this generic thrown together group. Like I remember who was it? Darren Young or somebody talked about or JTG. Uh, whenever WWE gets black guys, it's always the same thing. Make them swag. Make them act like dickheads. And that's exactly what Trick and Carmelo 
was. Like there was nothing unique about what they were doing with them compared to the Street Profits, compared to Crime Time, compared to the Prime Time players. It's just oh, two black dudes. Make sure they wear glasses and silly shirts and chains. Like what? What do you mean, Carmelo Hayes? Our our favorite, our future. He's one of the worst guys on that on the show. I still remember the first time he showed up in NXT when he slapped Adam Cole's face having this big debut moment. That was going to solidify him as a star. And I was like, this guy is the future. This guy is great. And then again, we had him as the A champion, had this big moment, having him beat everybody. Jair Gargano, having all these losers going up to the main roster and never come back. And Carmelo was the guy to put himself over. Just beating Ricochet in an amazing match at the NXT event that happened this past weekend, two weeks ago, two weekends ago after Clash of the Castle that weekend. We had an amazing contest for him, and now he has to lose to Solo Sokoa. It's just so Solo could have a belt with his family, so Sammy's the odd man out still. It's just disappointing. Is that just why, though? See, you don't do that. It's not just why he has a belt. He, he's also a good wrestler. Like He's also earned it. He was in a program with uh, Carmelo Hayes already. So it makes sense for him to have a, a championship. It makes sense for him to finally get the belt off of Carmelo Hayes. And you can call him the A champion. Uh, all of us forgot he had the belt, so it's not like he was very important to the structure of that show. If anything, Solo Sokoa, we were already excited for him with his involvement with the Bloodline. It made more sense. And if you want people to watch NXT, maybe have some of the guys on Raw and SmackDown, uh, like like they've been doing with uh, um, who have they been doing that with? But some of the tag team people, uh, they've been trying to mix it up. They've been trying to throw NXT people on these other shows. And I think that's a smart idea, you know, like Giovanni Vinci showing up. That was a fun moment. So if you want to get everyone to watch all three brands, there does need to be like, oh, Solo won a belt on the Tuesday show. Maybe you'll watch it this coming Tuesday on USA Network. But it wasn't just so he can have a belt. They could have, He could have been 24-7 champion. True, and that's why hopefully we at least set this up for that. Carmelo Hayes gets the main roster. Trick can come as well, but I think Trick is still kind of green. Carmelo is a star that they can just put to the main roster right now. It would make everything better. How would you use him on the main roster? Like, what what is there for Carmelo Hayes? Like, I can't imagine a successful Carmelo Hayes booking in the main roster. There's just, what do you have him do? All right, well we got to do first we got to finish up this austin theory jargon gano feud so papa john just teaches austin theory this lesson gets him out of the way then the first guy with his debut and, and on the main roster carmelo hayes jargon gano have that be a nice three-month feud have them find out who's a better athlete and then jargon gano wins but they didn't have austin theory <laughs> and carmelo hayes carmelo hayes doesn't mind putting people over like jargon gano and austin theory but he's the better wrestler uh, but Austin, but for storyline's sake, so you just buried Carmelo Hayes. Like you were like my, the best storyline that I got for Carmelo Hayes is to have him come up and put over Gargano. Like that was your immediate thought was let's get him on the main roster to have him put people over. And then you were like he doesn't mind putting people over. Like he has a fucking choice. Like no, they're he's gonna lose matches because longevity wise, what is his character? What is his ceiling? Because I don't think his ceiling is extremely high on the main roster. NXT is a good playing ground for him because I could see him being the NXT champion. I could see him being the star of their minor league system. I don't see him being a top guy on the main roster. He doesn't have a build like Booker T. He he's just a smaller guy. Like he's not going to be one of these main rot. Like him versus Roman would never work. Like you would have to do if, if Debray was here. You could do like a him and Debray. But for smaller guys, a lot of times it doesn't work anyway on the main roster. So now you're like hoping he goes up to the main roster to lose to an even smaller guy in Johnny Gargano. 
I didn't know. Again, I said three-month feud. We can have a whole three months with him. He goes over the first match. Second match, Johnny. We have a big, amazing third match where Johnny does go over. So it doesn't bury him. He still looks strong in a big match with Johnny. I think it still buries the person if they, like, come out of the whole feud losing. Like, there's got to be some sort of, like, because what do you do after that? You just put him in a tag team with Theory? Isn't that what you just said? (laughs) No, we put him in a feud with Theory. Theory then needs to really be able to prove who is the future star, because I do feel Carmelo Hayes and Austin are the two guys who could be the future of WWE right now. You really do? Carmelo Hayes and Austin Theory? Did you say, Was Austin Theory in that group you just mentioned? Yes, Austin Theory has proved himself a lot this past Austin week. Last Theory. week he did have a really bad promo, but this week he had an amazing promo with Kevin Owens. Oh. An amazing backstage exclusive on Rod that I was like, this guy can really do it. He can put people because i gotta do like currently his whole thing right now is he's still the doofus he's still dumb austin theory because he's calling all the other people dumb he's still insecure about himself because he remembers his time in xt where he was just a dumb meathead Gino, character he was just theory. A son. this is all meta this is you need to think about johnny Gargano no no i don't and <laughs> you need to think for just one second you just openly said out loud that carmelo hayes and austin theory are the future of wwe like that's your the two guys that wwe is going to hitch that wagon to is going to be carmelo hayes and austin theory like we watch nxt we watch aew we watch impact we watch wwe austin theory and carmelo hayes are the future of not just you could say WWE. WWE is still the most watched wrestling product in the world. So you can say the future of wrestling is Carmelo Hayes and Austin Theory. Yes, at least for WWE's wrestling. The sports entertainment aspect, Austin Theory and Carmelo Hayes are the future of what WWE has. And just like I do believe Cora Jade is the future of the women's division. Oh, I can't. I, I, I don't know if you're trolling like this early on to like just be you, but... That is that's astounding. I don't think anyone has ever thought that. Like, dude, this Carmelo Hayes is being wasted as the North American champion. He, we need to get him to the main roster stat so we can start stacking belts up there, dude. Start stacking checks. Who's gonna beat Roman? Carmelo Hayes. We, it was written in the stars. Uh, so no, I disagree with you on a lot of those things you said. I don't even know if I'm supposed to like respond to those. Um, so Gino, the great great point, great poll. NXT stinks. The people that are all champions there. I don't know what their future is. I really don't because this show sucks, so it's kind of hard to... Like, think of Braun Breaker going to the main roster. It just sounds awful, doesn't it? Like, there's a, nothing about that sounds good to me. Cora Jade to the main roster sounds okay. I think they can make that, that character work. I think they can make that work. Thank you, Rizzo. But as far as Braun Bre- like, what would you do with Braun? Just have him go immediately up against Roman Reigns? Like, that's just your plug him in and or would you try and do some sort of a build like a Ryback type build where he's beating up jobbers like how do you use Braun on the main roster let alone Carmelo Hayes well we have some time pass right now I have like a few months he's still the world champion in XT hopefully he does lose eventually because we do have this big match setting up possibly with him and Tyler Bate rematching that it's gonna be a good contest but I feel what we gotta do after like a few months because we're also gonna be building Braun Strowman the big match we gotta see is the two Brauns fighting it out Rex Steiner versus Braun Strowman, the Titan. It's going to be an amazing contest. Do that for like three months to find out who is the bigger <laughs> and better Braun. Who has the real Braun in WWE? Is this how you're booking? All you're booking is like you sit there with the calendar and you're just like, okay, for one quarter of our fiscal year, we're going to do Braun Braun. That's just that's how it works. We're booking three months at a time. I'm going to go January through March into our mania square here. That's going to be all Braun versus Braun. 
And then I'm going to look at our next three months, maybe put Braun versus Carmelo Hayes. Not sure which Braun yet, but one of the Brauns, that's another three months. So, like, at your scale here, at your pace, you're getting four rivalries per person a year, right? That's what I feel like. We could do this book ahead of time, actually plan bookings that actually make people go over and be more focused. Not just like all this, oh, just work to the next show. Plan for the shows in the future. Have like three-month plans for like big feuds, big storylines, big matches, and make people care about these matches again. I feel like when you say that, though, like that sounds great, but it always ends up being Brock Lesnar. Like that's always, we're going to do Brock versus somebody. It's going to take seven months. It's going to be fantastic. Like, whenever we do have these really lengthy, like, we're really going to build towards this, like, it never really pays off the way we all – because by the time we get there, you don't know who's going to be over and who's not. I agree it's nice to have, like, visions, like, how far out can we book. But a lot of times that leads to predictable shows. That leads to predictable bookings where we're sitting there at the February pay-per-view going – why is there a pay-per-view in between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania? Why are we doing this? We know what the feuds are. They've been building them for seven months. Like, So I agree. Like, Part of me agrees, obviously. Like, Well, we should plan this shit out a little bit more how we're going to do this. But a lot of it is, I think, plug and play who's healthy, number one. I went to WrestleMania 32 where half the roster was injured. There was no Cesaro, no Randy Orton. There was no Seth, no Cena. Everyone was beat up. Uh, so, like, obviously, I think, I think a lot of things go into it where – like they're they're probably just thinking, hey, if we got this match now, let's just do it now. Like that Cena Roman match at No Mercy made no sense. Like the fact that they just pulled that off at a No Mercy. Old Lang Sign with a couple Kings troves. Thank you, Old Lang Sign. Uh, the fact that they pulled that off at a No Mercy on the same card where they had Brock and Braun. Sometimes I think they just worry, like we just gotta get this shit over with now. And I agree, the pay per views lately have like obviously Clash at the Castle. I thought was really well done. It was only six matches because, like, Finn Balor just had a match with um with Matt Riddle on TV, right? And I thought, they could have used this at, like, a pay-per-view. Like, it just felt, now, Raw, since they're three hours, we're just throwing shit that normally I think we would build to. We're just throwing it on the television show because we need to book some shit. So, maybe back in our era, Gino, the glory days of two-hour Raws, you can have three-month programs. But with three hours of Raw, with two hours of NXT, and two hours of SmackDown... You're going to get 100 Street Profits versus Gables and Otis's, okay? I, I could see that now. Like, that's why, especially when we were bringing up Raw, one thing I was really excited about that we got to see was Chad Gable, Johnny Gargano, because I don't remember that ever happening. They just had an amazing match showcasing just that we could have these matches. We could be like AEW giving us these really good wrestling matches on our weekly shows, and that's what they kind of do have to do now to fill the time and then hopefully have a plan for what they're going to do with these stars for their pay-per-views, premium live events. They do need to have Gable win matches, though. They do need to have uh, – uh, one thing AEW does is even when a guy shows up on the show and they say, like, oh, like it's obvious this guy's going to lose tonight, they can at least put the graphic up and say, like, he's on a nine-match winning streak. So it does create some legitimacy because last week you and I did go through – Gable hasn't won a match in months. Like, he has, he's won one of his last, like, 30 matches. So you can already, as a Raw viewer, you know Gable comes out just to lose to people. So – you can build some legitimacy to these matches. Like, I understand from your vantage point, you're just like, these guys are great in the ring. But I still want to see some sort of a competition where I'm thinking this guy might win or this guy might win. I don't want it to be so much like, oh, well, we already know who's going to win because we watch the show every week. Why would Johnny lose to, like, maybe put Johnny up against somebody that you, maybe Johnny up against a riddle would even be more of like, a, oh, well, you know, Riddle can't lose. He's in the middle of this thing with, with Seth. 
Like th- these guys both need wins. That's why Dynamite's really compelling. Is because every match, you I mean, not every, but for the most part, the matches you're not sure who's gonna win. Like they are pay per view matches on television a lot of the times because the wins and losses are gonna be vital. We don't know who's gonna win. It makes sense for both people to win. It does, but also with your point earlier, I feel what I've realized. Maybe they do give us sometimes those matches where you're not sure who's going to win, and normally what they do for those matches is either a DQ finish or a roll-up. So we need to actually have like a clear-cut victor, so sometimes we do need a match where, yes, you know who's going to win, but you at least have a good wrestling match out of those two people to get to that finish. Yeah, but a good wrestling match does rely, for for me at least, heavy, a lot of the storytelling, and it does rely on like believability as far as who's going to win, who's going to lose, what is the outcome, what are the stakes? And I think that's Eric Bischoff or one of those guys always talks about, like, what are the stakes? Like, there's got to be... Thanks, all thanks, sign. Like, there's got to be some sort of realistic stakes. And, like, it drives story storylines so much when... You have a, like a, a storyline where you're really invested in, and you're really hoping that so and so like you want to care why so and so is even fighting. Like, there's got to be a reason. There's got to be like, oh my gosh, I really need. We really want Shawn Michaels to beat JBL because we don't want Shawn to be JBL's slave. You know, like when they do silly shit like that, even simple as like a win loss. Like you want to make sure that your person wins because it matters. Like, Riddle versus Finn Balor didn't necessarily matter. They tried a little bit. Like, they wanted to recruit Riddle into the Judgment Day. Like, they could have thrown something in there like, Riddle, if you lose, you're going to join the Judgment Day. Or they could have just added, like, hey, if you lose to us, you need to consider joining the Judgment Day. Even something as small as that makes you, like, after the match go, oh, my gosh, is Riddle thinking about joining Judgment Day now? Like, just something to make us want to watch the show next week because a lot of the booking is so smash booking, kind of like you were saying, where we're just we just have a match to have a match, even if even if it's a fantastic pairing. I don't know. There's nothing good that comes out of it. Why did we do it? And I can see that perspective, but also when we go with like people having stakes, we can talk about what you and I watch regularly. That being Impact Wrestling and this whole Mickey James stuff, we know it's obviously she's going to win up until maybe this pay-per-view or Bow for Glories when she finally loses and retires. So we have an idea like it's obvious, even though there's stakes in her matches, she's going to win. Well, and and there could be a, there could be a swerve in there. Like I well, and obviously the the, the Ric Flair one's a great example of that storyline of like the you know I'm going to wrestle until I lose. And then how do you like? He, I, I think I rewatched like the Royal Rumble and he's wrestling Carlito. Like, did we really think Carlito was about to end the career of Ric Flair? And the answer is yes, of course I did. Why wouldn't I think Carlito would pull that off? He's a great in ring talent, and he's he's he can do it. Uh, so obviously, yeah, she's gonna. It's got to be she's being built up to the right opponent. Like obviously, like a Masha Slamovich is probably just gonna beat her, and that's gonna be like, oh well. Well, who, how can you not lose? Or how, of course she's going to lose to Masha. It makes total sense. So, um, Yeah, but it still helps to have stakes. And, and that, that's the other thing you're saying about long-term booking. Let's have this storyline where Mickey's going to have matches until she loses. And, hey, what's more shocking than having her lose on the go-home show to Bound for Glory or something like that? Like, we, You can still have those big moments of, wow, I can't believe they, they did that. And, and, and if she's doing the storyline, maybe it even goes longer than Mountain for Glory. Why not have a big match at BFG where she wins, where you're, everyone's thinking, well, she's going to retire at Mountain for Glory. It makes total sense. And then she wins, and then maybe she loses at Hard to Kill, or maybe she loses the next night on Impact. So just because we think – and if it happens the way you're predicting it, obviously you're going to go, I was right. But, I mean, how many times have all wrestling fans been wrong about so much shit? Like it's – you know, we're constantly wrong. 
That's why we keep coming back to watching this fake show. Like, they, they got us! I didn't know Dom would kick Edge in the balls. Who saw that coming? You know, like, we thought it would happen months ago when Dom would turn on Ray. Um, how do you like this Dom? This Dom Mysterio is the worst, right? He's going to be better, hopefully. But right now, yeah, he's not that good. What I was thinking during that entire time was like, he needs to grow facial hair. Maybe if he has chops like Matt Jackson used to do, he might look better. He might look like more of a wrestler. If he just had Matt, ja Matt Jackson's old chops that he used to have, maybe he would look like a professional wrestler. If he did arms twice a week, he would look like a professional wrestler. It's his body, you know? Let's stop pretending that it's just facial hair that makes these people look like fighters. Like fighters! Because Matt Jackson also has a pretty small body, but when he takes the shirt off, he doesn't look like Dominic Mysterio. Like, you got to have a shoulder muscle here or there. You got to have a bicep. Dominic has not worked out a day in his life. He just kind of hits the ropes. He's like, I'm pretty good at this. And his slow motion 619s are enough to keep him on a wall. So, yeah, a lot of me agrees where it's, there, there's so many, yeah, Dom, I think Dom stinks. And I, and even, I, I think I even messaged Kevin when I was watching, I was watching Raw today. And I just thought it was so funny and so typical of Raw. Like, we're having Raws now that don't open with the Judgment Day. But don't worry. Judgment Day is going to show up, like, immediately after this. Like, Seth Rollins and Riddle. We get another brawl again. We love a good brawl to open Monday Night Raw. Anything can happen on a Monday Night Raw. And then the Judgment Day show up. And I'm like, good God. Can I get one episode without these guys? Can these guys be the Street Profits? Can they just be kind of on TV sometimes and not on TV the other times? Why do we have to have Judgment Day opening? Have they gotten better to you? Do you do you think they're better now, or are they still just a huge joke? Like the Rhea stuff with Dom is kind of creepy. Her like smile, like I think that's kind of, I kind of like what they're doing with that. But the Finn Balor and Priest stuff is it still looks like two mid carters are coming out to get other mid carters to be mid carters with them. It is like disappointing. Rhea's the only like good redeeming part of their whole group. Priest should be a solo act. He should be a solo heel. And Finn should just be anywhere because he's so much better than the entire group. Finn just should be in the main event, not just part of this fucking mid-card group. And these pants definitely are not helping Finn Balor's cause. He looks like a mid-carder. He looks like he's he's in good shape. Like He's always had the six-pack, but... He like his whole get up His whole get up right now just is like, is out. awful. I, I don't mean all, these Mandy Rose things are all playing audio. I didn't know they would all do that. But Gino, I'm just I look at Finn Balor as yeah, he was a main eventer. Something went wrong. Maybe it was promos. Like this heel character is awful. Maybe that's what it is. He's not. I like smiley baby face Finn Balor. I didn't realize that this he was a heel in New Japan. How come he just did he did he forget? Did he forget how to do it? I think it's just like the stuff he's given because they do stuff, script writers and people like you have to at least hit these cues. But again, we also know like there's a lot that's just fully scripted. They're not just cues you have to hit and make sure you say it in promos. So he has to say it the way it's written and not really in his voice in the way that Finn would do it, how Prince Devitt would do it. I think he should just do it what he thinks is going to work. And like you're saying, like, oh, he's saying it the way that they, they wrote it for it. Like, are they putting... In the script, are they putting like "say it angrily" or "say it douchebaggily"? Because that's he's got that one down right. He's got make people cringe on Pat. Like he is so good at making me want to turn Raw off. Uh, Damian Priest is not bad on the mic. If I could throw that out there, I, I don't know if the chat's gonna eat me alive for thinking that, but I, I think Damian Priest is well, like when he's talking, I'm not, I'm not worried at all. But the facials of, of of Finn Balor during a match are awful. Like everything about him is so bad. 
I still think he's a really good wrestler. I think Finn, I'll always know, is just this amazing wrestler. And Priest, I know, is good. Like, I remember, again, I'll always bring up fucking Punishment, because Punishment Martinez was a guy I was really high on and really over for, because I was like, this could be a champion. And now he's, like, gone to AB, and they're not doing anything but putting him in this mid-card group. And I even go for titles, just going after nobodies to try to keep themselves in the mid-card. Wait, what does that mean? Not in the who... The, yeah, the group. Yeah, you think they need to go for a belt like that would make them better? Because there's ways to go like not be going for a belt and still be relevant. These these guys just suck. Like the, you can be in a faction and not have a belt and be entertaining. These guys can't even do that. It's just again, I just feel that that would make them at least feel more like a threat if they actually were going for belts instead of just people who aren't in a feud so they're fighting. I don't know. I disagree with that because there, you can have like an evolution. I know Triple H had the belt most of the time, but you can have a group that they're just they're doing their own thing. They're like they're just running the show. Like they they know that they have power and they don't need a belt to like to justify that. And even you can even have a mid card belt or whatever. Like okay, here's this belt. Like it, it it's not like these guys winning a tag belt is gonna make me think they're better. Like the way they talk is douchey. The way they make their facials is douchey. I thought the entrance would be awesome. Like I love Alter Bridge. They make it suck. Uh, the purple. Oh, I got out my purple handkerchief just so there's some purple. Damian Priest is wrestling in a corset. What is happening? So. And look, we can all say, well, WWE's making them do this. No, you can take the corset off in the middle of the match. Don't worry about your corset. Finn, you can rip out your handkerchief. That was probably his idea. What if I have a handkerchief in me damn pants? I, he might have done that, but also if we go with that, he might have just decide to do it as like, he'll at least he'll say to defend it that he's doing it to honor Brody Lee. That doesn't make it okay. I'm going to look shitty to honor somebody. Like, no, just be a good wrestler. Brody would appreciate you being entertaining and not being the worst. Like, Because Finn used to be good at this heel stuff. Like, his Prince Devitt stuff was all right. But now I'm thinking, no, I was wrong. It was small. It was, I was going to say, it was small fish, really tiny pond. It was small fish, Petri dish. Now he's at the same size fish in the ocean, Gino. Yeah, that's why we just need to hope that something good will come out of the finish of this whole long-term boring feeling like it's never maybe that's the problem maybe this has a maybe this has the lengthiest like you mentioned like we need long-term storylines this is it this is the long-term storyline that we're getting and it's awful it's so bad and it opens every week on raw every week i'm reminded oh the, the judgment day are here first of all it's the worst name it's the worst name for a thing the judgment day we had a pay-per-view called judgment day for 20 years now this group is called the judgment day i'm going to start a faction it's going to be me you and tyler spider we're going to be called the backlash and we're going to go up against Rizzo, uh, Dakota, and we're gonna, and all like sign. They're going to be called the Bad Blood. So we're gonna, it's going to be the Judgment Day versus the Bad Blood versus the Backlash. Thank you so much, all thanks sign, for the chicken winner spell. Um, I said no, no wrong things there, Gino. Their name is stupid. Uh, everything about the idea of, like, we're this black and purple they were supposed to be like the Messiah thing, and then it kind of got tweaked because everyone said, you're just ripping off Seth. And then he turned face, and you even said they were going to do like a supernatural gimmick, and that didn't go through. Uh, dude, it sucks. The backlash. It does suck, but we just have to hope that maybe the landing, when it's fully done, we could look back and be like, you know, it wasn't as bad as we thought in the moment. Oh, wrestling's always better five years later. Thank you, all Lang Sign, for the Leon Lime spell. Like you can go to to this time five years ago, and we're gonna remember. Oh, how awesome was wrestling in twenty seventeen! Like, 
Like, if we just went to SummerSlam 2017, we'd probably sit there and go, dude, wrestling was so much better, like, five years ago. Like, we would appreciate all that shit back. The things we're saying now are going to be way, like, like, let me go do this. Thanks, Ricardo. I appreciate that, my friend. Gino, Ricar uh, Gino Ricardo. Thank you, Ricardo. I think it's a play one more time, Gino. One more time. Five years. Yep. Five years ago, Jinder Mahal defended his WWE Championship against Shinsuke Nakamura at a SummerSlam. Remember how awesome that was? They were giving Jinder this title run. They were trying to break that Indian audience, the 1.2 billion of India, the, the modern-day Maharaja. We got to see Shinsuke Nakamura in a main event of a WWE pay-per-view fighting for a championship. These were the glory days, man. Wrestling was way better five years ago. I mean, it wasn't that better. We had Jinder Mahal being canceled because him being racist. That was also a bad, very bad part to remember. Five years ago, Jinder was a racist. We need to remember that. He didn't get canceled for that, though. He was still the champ for a while after that. He He's one of the guys that I do believe the, the backstage stories about. Thank you, Aldang Sign. I think I said that. But, uh, like, Brock didn't want to do a pay-per-view with Jinder. He just didn't see, like, that doesn't make any sense. Why would I work with Jinder Mahal? Give me give me AJ Styles. Yeah, Jinder made an Asian reference, Aldang Sign. Like, that was kind of, he made, like, a, a chinky eyes reference. Wasn't that what he said or something like that? You always look the same. Yes, very racist. He was just doing the whole wax off, wax off. He was very racist in this promo. And he had, like, the facial expressions of Shinsuke. And he was, to get very racist and very canceled at the time. And that hopefully did. That, I believe, stopped his push. Not hopefully. But I believe that was But they wrote that for him. You, you, you just told me everything's super scripted. Yeah, so maybe it was Terry Swag at the time because they just had, like, that terrible comedian doing the ride that also didn't know who Bobby Ashley was. But, but that was way, that was years later. But... Uh, let's see, Jinder Mahal racist promo. Because I do remember it. I do remember him making comments about Asian stuff. And is it this one? Okay, good. It's on the WWE YouTube page. <laughs> I was like, is it this? The other one looked like it was recorded on some guy's phone. Uh, this one looks pretty good. So yeah, Gino, this was a bit of a shocking time in wrestling. But how much better was it five years ago than it is today? Like, gosh, so happy we got. You know. I miss Junior Mahal. I think it was very forward-thinking to have an Indian as the champion. Indian representation is at an all-time low in media right now. I don't know if you knew that, Mr. Gino. But uh, this was back when we took care of not only Indians in the main event, uh, Japanese dudes who was wrestling in the main event last month, Samoans and Scottish guys, okay? So this is important. Uh, the next challenger for my WWE championship, the artist Shinsuke Nakamura. Woo! 2017. Such a wealth of experience, a charisma, an energy never seen before in the WWE. See, it's not racist. You're you're wrong. My preparation is not only physical, it is mental. Oh, mental. How do I know what the artist is going to be thinking? How does he know? I get inside of his head. And you said he got canceled. I mean, he was still champion for two more months after this. Three more months. So, two more. So, it's not like it was, oh, this guy can't be champion anymore. Like, no, they were they were on board with him until Brock shut that shit down, Gino. I don't know if this was a racist thing. I mean, it seemed like it was racially driven again. We don't know how many of those writers backstage are fake comedian writers like that chick years later we had that tried to write for Bobby Lashley. <laughs> we don't know. 
artist. What do you see when you see this image? Do you see inspiration? Do you see motivation? What I see is constipation. <laughs> That's not racist, you know. And then there's Oh, they one. cut. Do you think they cut out the this racist part? This right here is Shinsuke Nakamura when he's listening to Michael Jackson thinking, what, what can I rip off next? <laughs> this Jinder was awesome, wasn't he? <laughs> Wrestling is way better five years ago, Gino. And then there's this one. Come on, is this the racist part? They better not cut around the racist part. Ah, uh, the far too familiar face of Shinsuke Nakamura. When somebody yells out, Godzilla! <gasps> that was racist, Gino. He made fun of their accent, all right? That's not okay. That's why in two months, he's going to lose to AJ on TV. Yes, he didn't deserve to be champion. So, again, we made sure his championship reign ended on a fucking regular television show, not a pay-per-view. He didn't deserve it anymore. Are you not a gender guy? I was a gender guy. I, I liked Jinder Mahal. I was glad he got to come back and be part of WWE again. So, I thought it was a great... I thought it was cool to see somebody who... Like Drew McIntyre just did, or almost did, or he did it already, but somebody who was with three-man band, got released, came back, and won the WWE Championship. Like, I think that's fantastic. He also put on a lot of mass, which he, you know, he talked about on Talk with Jericho. He got really into fitness, and he really started to do his diet and take care of himself. He also had that thing, like, on his nipples that The Rock had, that The Rock had surgery for. Um, but... Uh, I thought this was really fun that he got to at least have a, a title run. Now, clearly he was, like, not the main champion, you know, even as WWE champion at this point, you wanted to be universal champion. Uh, you wanted the red belt. SmackDown was kind of the Tuesday show that you might watch. But, uh, yeah, five years ago, I thought Jinder was killing it. Jinder was going for a point, and then, like, again, we had him being kind of racist at this point, but in the feud before, Randy was also being kind of racist, being like, people like you, my dad would be pissed off if people like you were champion. He said something like that around that line. It's like being kind of racist that he would kick my ass if people like him were champ. I don't know if that was a racial thing. I think that was more of a people like you who's a jobber. You're the champion now. That's what that was. Because I, I remember that too. Because he won the he like got beat up by Gronk at a WrestleMania. And then the next month he won the belt. So it was kind of a, you should not be champion. You're a jobber. You just won the title somehow. Like Because you're Indian, they want to put you over. So no, my dad would hate you. The booking committee did this for you, not me. That's one way of seeing it, but I do kind of see how society at the time of five years ago would have seen, oh, Randy's being racist, then months later, gender's being racist, everything's racist in the writing room. Back yeah, I think when time. you're a, a libtard, you know, everything is racist. That's all, I mean, I could look at anything and just think it's racist. Like, that's super easy to do. Like, even uh, like even Raw, even watching this episode of Raw, like, you could even say, like, of course. Oh, oh, my gosh, all lang signed. Thank you so much. Like, like, it's everywhere. Everywhere in wrestling, you can say, like, there's not enough diversity at the top. And look who's running WWE. It's Triple H white guy. Look who look who the CEO is. It's, it's, it's Stephanie. Look who the other guy is. That's a man, not a female. Like, there's always going to be a way to spit it and say, this is negative. Like, it should be this. It needs to be this. Like, the only way everyone's going to be happy if a bunch of trans people are going to be champions. And no, that won't make me happy, Gino. 
Well, at least we're all happy with AEW, which does have the first trans champion in a major promotion in all wrestling. And yeah, and for them doing, and I think they just did that to do it, right? Because Nyla's not that good in the ring, and clearly since losing the belt, they haven't done anything else with her. Like she's part of this next round of, you know, I just didn't see myself being valued in AEW anymore. I feel her, Marina Shafir, Vicky Guerrero, Beasts of Burden are doing a very good job in the Elevation and Dark, and they're going to be a main part of the show when they realize we need to have women's tag team titles, and they're going to be the best women's tag Why team haven't champions. they done that yet? Like They created that All-Atlantic Championship just to have a belt to be on the indie shows and to be on Dark, and then they did the trios titles. Why not just finally come out and do a women's tag titles? It, it, there were, were no, there's no shortage on belts. We have so much... We put out so much content that I may or may not watch, but you can easily throw a women's tag team division together out of the roster that you already have. Make Dark Elevation almost exclusive to your women's tag division. Like, why not? Like, it's it's an easy way to keep more women involved on your show. True, and that's what I was, like, hoping for back in the day when we had Penelope Ford, Ali, and uh, Ty, and fucking Anna Jay, that whole big street fight that I was I loved that fucking New Year's Eve street fight we had. It was one of the best they ever had one of the best hardcore matches AEW's put on television. It was so exciting. I was like they could build this women's tag division. We could have this women's tag division. We haven't done it. We still have Anna Jay and Ty kind of as a team, so like they're together. We have Beasts of Bird and we have these women that could form tag teams thanks to allegiances and alliances that kind of are a part of. So we could start and hopefully Tony Khan realizes you know, we need to push these women and give them another belt. That would help them. Yeah, I, I think it would. And, and AEW has so much going on around it right now. I think you would get a lot of people to kind of move. Like, hey, look over here. Look over here. If you let them know, hey, we're doing a women's tag division, I think that's another positive that comes out of it. Because um, what's the latest? What's the latest on what's going on with everybody that's been suspended? Um, I know that uh, new report on what suspended AEW talents know about their suspension. Fightful Select has released a new report about their current AEW talent on uh, that, they're, that are suspended due to the backstage altercation. Reports now that numerous talent and backstage personnel who are suspended don't know exactly how long their suspensions are going to last. CM Punk, A Steel, The Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Michael Nakazawa, Pat Buck, uh, Christopher Daniels, and Brandon Cutler are among those who are currently suspended. And they don't know how long they're going to be suspended for. So, is because when I hear that, I think that's true. I think it is just like a suspension. And let's wait till all the negative publicity dies down. Let's wait until we're we're really sure how we're going to proceed from here. Uh, does one have to go? If if you're the Young Bucks, are you out if CM Punk stays around? And if you're CM Punk, are you out if the Young Bucks stay around? I think what we do is, again, since especially we have Pat Buck, Christopher Daniels, we have other people, Tony, Shivani, and all these guys who can talk to these people, especially with Tony Khan, can also try to communicate and try to plant something. So I think what TK loves to do, and he explained it during the press conference, like during the scrum, that he loves the drama. And he wants to like, use the drama like WCW did, try to make you figure out what's real, what's fake. So he's <laughs> going to use this shoot and this whole time period of like them being suspended, and he might be trying to make that into a work in a few months when they do come back and try to settle all this stuff in a work shoot type style promos that we have in a few months. There was nothing shittier than than old WCW, like Kevin Nash talking in like a shoot interview about how I have creative control, so I'm going over. Like that they were catering so much to people that subscribed to the newsletter at that point. Like I've watched that interview in retrospect thinking, why would they do this? Nobody like casual fans like me who are just kids enjoying your product 
We don't know what that means or care what that means. And you're just telling us outright that it's fake. At least with WWF, like they, we all know it's fake, but they're, they almost amped it up so much that we enjoyed it no matter what. We didn't care if it was real or fake. WCW is getting so bad and sloppy. They were like, well, we better tell people it's fake and maybe we'll just drag the whole fucking industry down. Right, and that's why we hopefully we'll need to see what TK is going to do with this in the next few months. Hopefully we will find out and get some more information from this in the future, whether it be from people who got spent or even if it comes from fucking BTE, even though that's on a hiatus right now, so who knows what we're going to find. They suspended BTE? That's not okay. This is on hiatus. We don't know how long it's going to be because Brandon Cutler can't be two camera, like two contract brand. He doesn't have a contract now. He's suspended for both his contracts. It's a shame. And it looks like Raw ratings continue to dip. AEW is better than Raw, I feel. Like, the three hours is really long. Like, it's just hard to watch all of that. And they're going up against Monday Night Football now. Like, that happens every every football season. It's it's football time. I know for me, last night, I watched the first hour of Raw, and I was kind of flipping back and forth between that and football. And then I just kind of stayed on football for a while. And uh, then I played with Ralph, and then I fell asleep. Then I woke up to watch the end of the football game. So there's, you know, it's hard to keep all of this attention on a three-hour show. Like, it really is, at least for me. I know that we got the diehards that do Raw's fourth hour, and it's a lot of fun if you can do that. But I know, like, I just have not. I can't do that. So a three-hour Raw is a huge commitment. Dynamite is so fun. It's two hours. It ends too fast. It starts too late. We want more of it. They don't give us more. You always leave us wanting more. And then you can argue, of course they give you more with Rampage. Uh, but I don't want to watch that. I don't need to watch that. Um, but for this Rampage is the Grand Slam one, right? We're supposed to watch this one. No, that is next week. This week we have John Box versus Sammy Guevara to be in the finals. Who will be in the finals of the tournament? Oh, that's going to be amazing, Gino. Tomorrow night is AEW Dynamite. Uh, before we go, you did send me a story that I knew nothing about. Like sometimes you tell me stories like, of course, now we know this. I want you to assume, Gino, that I throughout the week I look up no wrestling news. I'm completely unplugged from wrestling. I'm a total casual wrestling viewer. I watch the shows and then I just check out. I don't I, like even when I'm watching the show on a computer, I'm normally doing other stuff on the other side. I'm not looking up wrestling news. I'm just completely unplugged. So every time you say, well, of course, now we know with Lady Frost what happened there. Like, I don't know. I don't I have no idea. So why don't you let me know what's going on with Miss Miss Frost? Well, it's like I have no idea like if how if the story has at all evolved or any form of information got changed or has developed since, but I remember the story was that Layfrost wanted her release and then Impact decided no and now it's just being withheld, so she's just not being used at all in Impact. So I don't know if there's anything more that's developed since then, but that was the gist of what was going on that I could recall. Yeah, so it uh, looks like from our friends here at Wrestling Inc., they say Lady Frost and Impact Wrestling are not on the best terms. Impact denied Frost's request for a release, which has led Frost not appearing in the promotion and not being paid for the stipulations of her deal. Uh, which which I kind of, like, I'm, I work in contracts all day. I'm actually on their side for that. It's really annoying when people don't they don't do something that they signed an agreement for, and then they're complaining like, I'm not even getting paid. It's like, well, no, you would be getting paid if you were doing the thing that you signed the agreement for. So let's just do that, and then we'll pay you. We'll happily pay you if you show up to do the thing that we were hoping you would do, that you said you were going to do. So it's not like there's some sort of weird vendetta against you personally. We're just paying you to wrestle, and you're deciding you're not going to do that for whatever reason. Um, cause you want to be released. Like we're still going to pay you. So don't be mad that you're not getting money. Just come here and wrestle. 
Fightful Select recently confirmed that Frost was recently asked by Impact to put over Masha Slamovich. Okay, which reports saying that Frost and Impact ceased communication shortly after that. Uh, Slamovich has been on a serious winning streak at Impact, having not lost in the promotion since September of 2021. I didn't realize it was going on that long. Most recently defeating Deanna Perazzo. Thank you so much. Uh, th these are followers. I don't know. I can't pronounce those. Um, most recently defeating Deanna Perazzo. Uh, so Frost has still not been released despite Frost requesting it in June. And she even went as far as pleading her case to Leonard Asper, the CEO of Impact's parent company, Anthem. Frost was booked for an Impact event in April during the promotion's tapings in Dallas. Despite needing an undisclosed medical procedure, uh, Frost reportedly lost money on the taping as Impact made her pay out of pocket for hotel and travel expenses. Frost initially signed with Impact in October of 2021. Uh, and that's where that kind of ends. So I don't know. What do you, what is, what do you think? Like if you're, if you're lady frost, like everyone else seems to enjoy working for impact. Here's, here's one person that this is a huge opportunity for her. She's on impact wrestling. Like I thought that would be like something that as a wrestler, like that's something that you're hoping to get is one of these secure, like long-term existing wrestling promotions to want to work with you. And is it? Do you think it's a creative thing? Like you talked about, Carmelo Hayes has no issue putting people over. Is it because she just has an issue putting over, putting over Masha Slamovich? Like you're willing to quit and throw out, throw away all that money? Maybe again, that's the whole thing because they both did come from NWA, so it could be a big issue that they've had since NWA together, or if it is like just her own personal feelings because of some other shit that she doesn't want to discuss and really get into about like why her contract. They just decide not to continue it. I have her continue, but not release her. That's what I, well. I, I think understand. I think the most logical. I know that like the immediate thought was, well, clearly they must have not liked each other in NWA. I think the my immediate thought is she wants that push. She wants that push that Masha's getting. Like, how come I came in almost way... She came in way colder than Masha did. Like, Masha really decided it's going to be, the like, the next female star of Impact Wrestling. They're going to go with that. Russia and Ukraine is huge in the news right now. Let's push Masha Slamovich. And Lady Frost is somebody who's talented, who's who's very attractive, and you would think is a slam dunk to be put into that upper echelon of TNA knockouts. And they didn't do that with her. They really didn't. So I think maybe from a booking perspective, that's where she would say, no, I'm not going to just be a stepping stone for your next hot your knockout. I should be in that spot. So before we do the days of our life storyline of, well, they've never liked each other. I think from from my vantage point, just an outsider looking in, I'm Lady Frost. I was a big deal in NWA, just like Masha was. We both show up here. You guys clearly think Masha's the future of your company. Why would I stay around then? Like, I'm going to get out of here. You've never used me the way I thought I would be used or the way we discussed. And I'm out. And that could be, like, the actual truth behind it all. It's just very simple, just black and white like that. I do just want there to be some type of backstage heat, not just something simple like that. I want there to be something we could build something towards with this. Maybe all this isn't work. Who knows how far we got to go with works anymore. Everything's a work or a shoot. I don't know anymore. So. You really don't know. You, like, <laughs> It's really Chino for that for a lot of those. Because, like, I know. I'm over here, and I know Chino. I I, I I, like a lot of times I think we want in our heads for that. Like Tony Khan likes that idea of this drama and this, oh my gosh, like, is it real? Is it fake? And I think a lot of the times it is just business. I think we do need to look at it like, well, if I'm Masha Slam or if I'm, if I'm Lady Frost, I am a little bit, I'm, I'm, a, I'm pissed. Like, why would I not be getting that same push? Why are you so quick to give what I deserve 
to to Masha Slamovich. Like that that's what I think the issue is. How do you ban people on trouble? These guys are like asking for donations, you know what I mean? How do you do that? I have no idea, man. I'm sadly not paying attention to that chat, so like I have no idea what these people are just fucking spamming and just begging for shit for. I don't know how to ban. Oh, I can mo- I can make him a mod. Okay, give the guy who wants money a mod. I think that'd be a perfect promotion for him. That would be helping him a lot. I'm gonna I'm gonna ban him for ten minutes. I I did it. I successfully banned him. I do like what Gilbert told him. Go to AdamandEve.com, use the promo code Vlinis, buy a dildo and go fuck yourself. I used to love saying that to people. Uh Spliff wants to be a mod. Should we just make Spliff a mod? I mean, Spliff, I think, would be respected. I think he'd be trusted as a mod. He wrote it first. I think that's all it takes in my chat is just to write. I want to be mod, and then I make you mod. So, boom, chat moderator, Spliff, Spliff Swaw. You're welcome, my friend. Do a good job in there, right? It's very important. I need that, okay? We all could use Spliff. And he's got a sword next to his name now, Gino. We're changing things here, dude. This is progress. Yes, we are changing things just like NXT is changing things to finally be done with 2.0. We're back to gold and white and black. I miss NXT 2.0 already. I really do. I, I think it was it was just about to turn for the for the best. It takes a while for these Split things to work out. Says I am the hammer. He is the hammer. Thank you so much, Spliff. I appreciate that. CM Punk is going to be CM Punk. Looks like Theodore Long knew. Like that was his response to what he saw. He knew that Punk, or he knows that Punk was going to be that way. Um, I don't know, man. I think that CM Punk thing was really out of line. Like. You got to be like that scrum attacking the young bucks the way he did was so silly to me. Like, why would you do that? And I think he's getting fired. You know, I still think it's going to happen. I'm part of me is thinking back to the one promo he did say, like in the crowd, an actual promo. He said, like, you will get the old CM Punk back, but you may not be. But you won't be happy when you see him. So I think maybe deep down, this is the old CM Punk that I've wanted. If this is all possibly working. Not a word. Be the best if it is a word. You, you part of it might be goddamn. Part of what he said could have been a work. The fight was the shoot, but again, there could be at least some of what he said. He might have wanted to make it into work, but the young bucks and Katie are all fucking pussies who can't handle some of the shit. You're such a wrestling fan. Like you are so hoping that this is a work because of things you've heard Eric Bischoff talk about and Bruce talk about and all these people talk about. Like it's so juicy and delicious. It's got to be a work. Like right. Like even didn't Bruce say that? Like if you saw it on TV. It's a work. Like that's that's what you're hoping to see here. And unfortunately, I just think it was some asshole got on a live microphone after an exhausting match, started talking shit about CM Punk or uh, about Colt Cabana, and then he started talking shit about the Young Bucks because they're friends with Colt Cabana, talked shit about Adam Page because he's friends with Colt Cabana. He really just ran down a list of everybody that's in charge or not in charge, but just everybody that's like has a as an integral role in that company. I don't think AEW would exist without the elite, right? Like, isn't that just kind of, it's all elite wrestling. Like, being the elite and the stuff and all in, Tony Khan was out all in and that's what started all elite wrestling. Like, all of this stuff. Like, how can you then get on a podium and talk so much shit about these guys? Like, and not expect there to be repercussions. Well, the best part is that the entire stuff near the end when he's is one and he actually like hopes that Adam Cole gets well and he wants Adam Cole to be well so one of Kulkabat's <laughs> best friends he wants to have be well so again that could all mean that everything else wasn't work because he cares about Adam Cole Kulkabat's best friend former WWE guy yeah <laughs> like it's just there's there's so much about CM Punk that is so contradictory in this this run of his which is hilarious to me uh, the fact that Dwayne's in the main event of WrestleMania and I'm not makes me sick. Like, how many wrestlers have to sit and watch All Out and go, the fact that CM Punk is in the main event 
and I'm not makes me sick. Like he's so much the John Cena, he's so much the Triple H, but he can still sit back and listen to Rancid and pretend he's one of the hip kids now. Like no, you're you're almost worse than they are now. So it's kind of annoying to see you at a podium talking shit, talking down to people and making fun of Cole Cabana for having a bank account that's attached to his mom. Like a lot of low blows and a lot of cheap shots. Uh, I think CM Punk is just a piece of shit for being piece of shit's sake, Gino. So. Thank you, Rizzo. I gotta hydrate, Gino. So before we go, any parting words? I know we did an abridged version tonight because I had to watch some scary trailers with with Geezy. Your favorite movies? You were like LFG. This is amazing. Like, that was your favorite episode of hashtags and headlines ever. But any parting words before we ride off into that glorious sunset? Well, I think one of the big and most important parting words we all have to realize and talk about tonight, at least for get to say goodbye, is the most professional wrestler confirmed today that he wants to continue wrestling until he's 50. So we're going to be seeing more Brian Myers in professional wrestling, and I'm just so excited. We're going to see him. We're going to see Matt Cardona running this shit for years to come. It's amazing. It's funny how little I like Matt Cardona, but I love Brian Myers. Like, it's such an opposite. Like, that's the hipster wrestling. That, I'm CM Punk. I'm so hip and, and anti-pop culture that I'm like, why do you like Matt Cardona? He's the worst. But then as soon as anyone says anything about Brian Myers, like even like I just love that I love that stupid gimmick. It's such a simple gimmick. It's so dumb. And like even you said like our favorite wrestler, and I was like, he's not our favorite wrestler. Or he's not just our favorite wrestler. He's the most professional wrestler. Like I love that shit. And even Dakota in the chat, like, why isn't it Josh versus Cardona at Bound for Glory? Why isn't it Josh and Brian Myers at Bound for Glory? Like, why Why are we doing Eddie, obviously? Eddie's, like, the worst choice. And, and I like what they're doing, obviously. Like, the, the Honor No More stuff and Josh Alexander is great. But it, it all is going to end with Eddie Edwards. Like, that's what's annoying. It's all going to end with an out-of-shape, former, really talented, independent wrestler is now just kind of coasting on, well, I'm the top guy here. I can eat whatever I want. And I can just look at him. Brian Myers had the best like promo with uh, with Eddie Edwards. He's like, you're pretty much a backyarder now. <laughs> like that's exactly Eddie Edwards. He's a backyarder. He would be fantastic against Janela. Uh, but yeah, in the main event of Bound for Glory, we've fallen so far. Here's the thing, though. We have the moment that this could be the time. Macrodota seems like he's cleared. He's been wrestling. He's been on his feet walking. He's been able to do this. We have the Call Your Shot Battle Royal. Matt Cardona wins the Call Your Shot. We have Josh Alexander, Eddie Edwards. That's going to happen. If whoever wins, it doesn't matter. Matt Cardona uses the trophy and wins. And he becomes champion. Fuck the moose thing. We can overlook that thing a year ago. Matt Cardona finally is world champion. Or Brian Myers. One of the two <laughs> major players finally comes world champion. Matt Cardona should be. Brian Myers would be second. But Matt Cardona should be world champion at the end of Out for Glory. Be the biggest takeaway. Biggest moment for his career in Impact Wrestling. I, dude, I, I would enjoy it. I mean, obviously, like I, I would like to see Brian Myers on top, but uh, th they got to do something because this whole Josh Alexander Eddie Edwards sounds awful. Like it just sounds like an episode of Impact. There's nothing special about that as a championship match at the paper, the biggest pay per view of. And also the way they just had Eddie win a six pack challenge that was also very anticlimactic. Like why not do a call your shot gauntlet? I mean, I understand why they do it on Bound for Glory to get everybody on the show. And they can have surprise entrance, and it's fun. So I get that's why they do it at BFG. But like, just do something bigger than, hey, six-pack challenge. Like, Do a tournament. Do a BFG series. Do, uh, do a King of the Mountain match or something. Like, There's other ways to crown your number one contender 
seven or eight weeks in advance, by the way. Like, it's a long time to get us ready for Eddie Edwards and Josh Alexander. So That's why we just have to hope that the Eddie Edwards-Josh Alexander match doesn't change to be a hardcore match because we don't want to see Eddie just go to that well. We want him to be a back to be a, just a professional wrestler, not to use the no. hardcore bullshit. I'd rather see him do hardcore, hardcore stuff because now, now when he's wearing his dumb pants and his high-top Nikes, he looks like he should just use weapons. He looks like he just got out of a bar and he's trying to fight. When he's doing a wrist lock takeover, it does look stupid. It's like this. If I'm Josh Alexander, I would do a Lady Frost and not show up. Like, you want this guy to give me a hip toss? I'm not doing that. He better hit me with a chair. He better hit me with a trash can. Uh, but if anyone's doing any wrestling moves, it's only me on him because this guy doesn't look like a wrestler. So we just have to hope that his gear, he doesn't wear the shirt, he doesn't wear the pants, that it's all about Masawa. <laughs> and he wants to always reference Masawa all the time by wearing the Emerald because Masawa was his favorite that he learned from. So, again, he just wants to be this way. Move off him. Go back to your old gear for one night only. For his whole gear, he doesn't fit in his old gear. He doesn't fit in it. That's why he doesn't wear it, you know? It's not like he's doing this out of, like, oh, I'm going to look way better in a shirt. Like, no, he's way out of shape now. Like, he's he's he can't wear that attire because his gut would hang over the edge. He's got to wear the shirt. He's got to wear the capris. Like, everything about him is I'm not in shape. Don't make me wear tights. Well, hopefully, Bound Glory, we're going to see him in the best shape of his life since <laughs> back got, in the day with the Wolves. He's got we're going to see him be able to wear the tights again one more time. He's got four weeks to get that six-pack back. He can do it. But we're going to work on it tomorrow night, you know. Tomorrow night's the whole effing show immediately following Dynamite. Uh, Wednesdays are a, a marathon for me now, dude. It's it's work, then it's straight to baseball practice, and then I turn on Dynamite as practice is ending, and I'm watching it on my phone. As I'm coaching too, so take that, kids. Luckily, these last two impacts have or uh, dynamites have been promos. Like they, they've really taken that SmackDown formula and used it well. Um, just open it with a promo. Have people come out and talk. People love that. So I've been able to just listen to the promos on my drive home. Then I get in, have some dinner, and then I get to watch Dynamite. It's my favorite thing. So it's time for us to ride off into that sunset. You know, I think we did it all right. We did do it all, and I'm just looking forward to Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho tomorrow. That's going to be an amazing match. That's either going to open the show or main event the show. Who knows where they're going to book the show. Sammy and Mox should open it. That match is going to tear the fucking roof off that building. Jericho and Brian, that was outstanding, but I just saw that a couple days ago. I have not seen Sammy and Mox, I think, in my life. So this is the biggest match I've ever watched, you know, and I can't wait to watch it with you tomorrow on the whole fucking show.